Welcome to episode 24 of the Drink Local Podcast. Kobe. Kobe. This is, once again, William and Misato. And we are avid, longtime craft beer enthusiasts. We aren't industry insiders. We aren't Cicerones. And you know that we aren't brewers. What we are is we're just like you. Some people who are just really, really excited about craft beer. We've been drinking craft beer for over 15 years, and during that time, our passion for craft beer has informed so many of our experiences, whether it's tourism, our culinary preferences, or the types of activities that we do for fun. Craft beer always plays a role. So, with that said, what's on tap today? Well, we're finally doing our uh, El Segundo challenge. The El Segundo <laughs> challenge. Okay, okay, okay. So Yeah. Maybe we should explain okay. what the El Segundo challenge is. Go ahead. So the El Segundo challenge is essentially I have been drinking a lot of El Segundo IPAs. I think that El Segundo is one of the best brewers of West Coast IPAs mm -hmm. in the greater Los Angeles area. Which sounds, you know, reasonable. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You know, like, we're not the best at it, yeah. but we're pretty damn good at it, you know? And something occurred to me after I started drinking this El Segundo, what is this called, Sunset Series? So it's called the new, uh, I don't know if it's new Tone Series or just Tone Series. It's just called the Tone Series. Okay, the, the Tone Series. Yeah. And so these are these beautifully... Just uh, minimalistic mm -hmm. beer cans mm -hmm. that I really, really like. And I've tried pretty much all of them, along with many other El Segundo IPAs, like the Broken Skull, right. the Mayberry IPA, and, you know, many others that they brew. The Clear AF IPA, which is definitely one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. And I just started thinking, you know, Mayberry aside, which is very different for sure. Mm -hmm. What if all of these beers are the same beer? <laughs> like it just, you know, it just occurred to me, like, dude, like, I don't. How different can know. they all they all be? Right, you know, like <laughs> every time I'm like, damn, that's a good ass West Coast IPA, you know? Yeah. And so I thought we need to do the El Segundo challenge. Right. We need to figure side by out, side. yeah, yeah, if these beers are different and how different they actually are. Yes. And you know, obviously. This is a tongue-in-cheek experiment. We know and trust that El Segundo is not serving us the runoff <laughs> water from random just IPAs. Packing, repackaging yeah. the same beer over and yeah, over. Yeah, delicious nectar of the gods, yeah. you know. Uh, but we still thought it would be funny and just a reason for us to drink a few a more tasting, IPAs. Yeah. Yeah. And also, to be honest with you guys, this is going to be our send-off for a while for IPAs no! because we've noticed I don't have the numbers with me but we've noticed that we've been drinking a lot more IPAs well, we just than like them. other beers and we really want to venture out yeah. into other beers with you guys yeah, yeah. other styles no, we because should. we love all styles right you know? because well, I mean we're still drinking IPAs you know in our off the podcast yes. off record yes you know so we're not not drinking IPAs just for, for the sake of the podcast, we're trying to branch out a little bit. And now, I should have asked you this in advance. Yes. Because there is something that I want to share. Okay. Which is my 
favorite all-time IPA. I want to give people oh. what my favorite all-time IPA is. Okay. I'm ready to share that with people now. Go ahead. You know? I don't, I don't, I'm not ready. Yeah, so. yeah, you're not ready. So, but I'm gonna share mine. Uh, my favorite all-time IPA. Uh-huh. Drum roll. Uh-huh. Is the Beechwood Thrill Seeker IPA. Oh, right, right. You were saying that. Dude. Yeah. yeah. Now this is a seasonal IPA. I think it's over already, dude. I think seasonal. You, yeah. Okay. It's yearly. You know, they do that about right, every right, year. Right. It's, they don't have it at all times, but I had this IPA. About, I don't know, man. It might have been ten years ago, dude. It might have been a long time ago, mm. you know. And every time I get it, which you know is every few years or so, you know, I don't get it every time. I don't catch it every time. We catch it by luck. Mm-hmm. They can it from time to time. They used to bottle it. Uh, it hits so right mm-hmm. every damn time. Yeah, no, every damn time, I'm like, this is the best IP I've ever had. And so I just wanted to shout that out. Right there, so that now you guys know mm-hmm. my favorite IPA, and we're not gonna be talking about them very much anymore for a little while. But do share with us what your favorite IPA is. Absolutely, absolutely. If you guys have favorite IPAs that you want to share with us, then we will definitely share that with people uh, if you give us some feedback. Mm-hmm. So, should we? Yeah. Uncork this thing. Yeah. Oh. Uh. Now, there have been a lot of things going on in the world since we last got to you guys. I know it's been a while. You know, it's been hard for us. We've had a few technical difficulties with our hardware here. Yeah, we're trying like a new recording uh, method. So apologies in advance if the sounds, you know, if the sound is not up to par, we won't know until we're done. (laughs) So right off top, let's cheers it up. Cheers. Cheers. Ah, mm. Ah. So, Hmm. what are we drinking? Okay. So, of the uh, Tone series, we got, from left to right, I did it from uh, just color of the can, light to dark, okay? So, we have, like, a pale yellow one called Office with a View IPA. This one's 6.6 alcohol. Um, And it says, the hops are Laurel Centennial Idaho. Oh, Centennial slash Idaho 7. So, that's that. And it's interesting because I poured it and the color... Okay, so the second one is the, the orange one called On the Horizon. Sorry, I'm going to go back to this office with the view. The office with the view one has like a pale yellow uh, color and it's like a top view of, um, what do you call them, those um, lifeguard little, what do you call them? The lifeguard things that they have. Oh, you, oh, you were asking me. I didn't yeah. realize you were asking me. I thought with the, you were with the uh, truck, working, working But it's like it. a bird's eye view of it. So the yellow is like the beach, you know? Um, and then this on the horizon, 7.2, is orange, and it's has it's the, the orange is depicting like the sunset, and you see a water tower that says El Segundo with like a little bit of sliver of sun setting and a moon. Uh, you can see the crescent moon, and then the red one is called LA Showdown, 6.9. 
and it's a red sky, I guess, you know, still a sunset, with a black silhouette of a palm tree and, uh, I guess, the sun behind it. Um, and it's interesting because the L.A. Showdown, the red one, the beer is, like, more reddish. Yeah. Whereas the other two, they look kind of similar in color. They're, like, more golden. I um, think that the beers do a good job of reflecting mm-hmm. the uh, color, or the cans, whether do a good job of reflecting the color mm-hmm. of the beer. At but, least for these. Yeah, for these, because there's some blue. There's yeah, blue. yeah, so there's so. another one called The Power of Flight, which is this, like, uh, sky blue can, and it's the sky, and you see a plane flying. Uh, and then another one called Great Cut, which is green, and it's like a bird's eye view of a uh, of a baseball diamond. So that's nice. And then, which I don't think I've seen that one. The blue one, I think we we've had. Um, and then there's like a navy blue one called Smooth Deep Blues, which is uh, the navy is depicting the ocean, and you see a bird's eye view of a somebody on a surfboard. That's a fantastic yeah. can. Yeah, like I haven't seen that one either. So this one, yeah, I guess it came out in the summer. So I don't know if that was the first one, but all the cans are great. Like I wish we had all of them, but. Yeah, we don't have all of them because we didn't decide to do this until we had done about three of the series, <laughs> yeah. you know? And then I realized I mm-hmm. have these beers. So I gotta be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit in my head today. I'm a little, I feel a little sensitive Mm -hmm. because like I said, you know, a lot has happened and one thing that has happened recently was uh, the chairman of the Tokyo Olympics (laughs) uh, said something Mm -hmm. about how women in shared spaces with men uh, in meetings, yeah, yeah, tend to uh, talk more Mm -hmm. and be hyper competitive maybe with each other and, Mm -hmm. and others yeah, yeah, he was making the point that that's why they talk more, I guess. Yeah, and for me, with this podcast uh-huh. and in general, uh-huh. I know that I, as a man, is want to do uh-huh. kind of lionize the conversation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I kinda, yeah, yeah. I, I'm I, like, I listen to this podcast. Yeah, um, but I recently found out about the concept of the uh, Wakimai and I Omna, uh-huh. which I feel like. Is that you? Are you one of those? I mean, like, I, am I am I okay in this space? Like, to feel like I'm not overdoing it with you? Like, what in this podcast? Yeah. Oh, oh. Well, I mean, I think we both kind of have our our time when we kind of go on and talk. You know. Um, By the way, what is a Wakimai is like, okay, so is to know your place, basically. To know your place, uh, not necessarily in like a sexist, you know, it's not a term that's necessarily oh, I sexist. I see. But it's kind of to know, you know, the time and place and act accordingly, basically, you know? So wakimai is like, nah, fuck that, basically. Yeah. To, uh, and, and onna is woman, so uh, after the uh, chairman um after all that went out went on uh the hashtag wakimai night on trended on twitter 
because a lot of uh, Japanese women were like, nah, fuck that. Yeah, you know? yeah, as they should be. <laughs> fuck you telling us to know our place and not talk or whatever. And the fucking hilarious part is he had a press conference the other day, I guess resigning? I don't even know uh, what's going on. I haven't really, there's been so many things said like, oh, it's now this going to be this other person taking over. And they're like, oh, no, actually, that's not going to happen. You know, so... But he, uh, the, the main guy, Mori, had a uh, press conference, and as it was happening, I kept seeing on Twitter uh, all these people who were watching in on it say, oh my god, he, he's talking forever. Like, he just kept talking and talking, so it was just, the irony was just, you know, yeah. hilarious. Yeah, like, it, he couldn't fucking shut up. It's always like that. It is. It, it it's always, always like that, you know, and I mean, I only brought it up because like I said, you know, it's something that, you know, I am tremendously offended and hurt mm-hmm. when men do this. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, when they say these kinds of th- th- these kinds of things mm-hmm. because um, you know, uh obviously I'm a man, but I am a man who to an extent recognizes many of the privileges afforded to me mm-hmm. as a man, even though I still have so many blind spots mm-hmm. with regard to that. Um, but also, you know, um, as a black man, I do feel a lot of similarities mm-hmm. and commonalities with the struggles of women in general, mm-hmm. uh, even though that's something that I think that a lot of black men don't understand that similarity. Mm-hmm. But that's a whole different topic of conversation, which is... We're kind of getting serious, but, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, so, like, I just, like, I don't know why this keeps coming. Well, I know why it keeps coming up in Japan, honestly. And I feel like... You it's, don't know? No, I do know. Oh, okay. I feel like Same. it's because <laughs> like part, part, of, part of it... Uh-huh. Well, I don't... I mean, it's not even the case, but I feel like part of it is because you, it's not an ageist enough society. We need a little more ageism. <laughs> like, there are too many old motherfuckers. I like, mean, saying, saying, I, you I know what? That's a lot the of young guys, politics. A lot of young guys, you know, uh, carry on these, you know, chauvinistic yeah, yeah, types no, of views sure. too. Yeah. Um, but it's just, you know, like, I think that young men tend to have less power. You know? So to be able to exercise it in a way that an older uh, man would. Like, like this guy was a prime minister once. So, yeah, you know, like, like years he, ago. Yeah, so his... <laughs> That's his, how old he is. But his ideology, <laughs> right. you know, uh, affects policy and policy affects society and society affects viewpoints. Right. And he know? did the classic thing where he was like, oh, you know, my wife was mad at me and my daughter yeah. and my grand... You know, trying to, like, be this, like, trying to project this, like, sad old man thing, like a, like a victim. Well, playing victim is yeah. the uh, favorite <laughs> hobby of the Playing uh, victim power. and also being like, I have women in my life. Like, yeah, so, yeah you, how do you think you were fucking born yeah. out of a woman? You know what I mean? Everybody's I wish you guys could see the gesture of her, of her forcing... <laughs> Uh, a little <laughs> shitty chauvinistic baby out of her vagina, like it was, it was absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. Some sometimes you know there's a whole show going on <laughs> within the podcast here, but uh, yeah. So what I want to do now is yeah. just give you guys the rundown of what we're gonna be talking about today. Okay. And then we're gonna talk about it. You know, okay. and we're gonna do the challenge, of course. Okay. Okay. But I want to give you guys the rundown first. 
Okay? Alright. And then we're going to get right into the challenge. Okay, yeah, I was going right. to say, we should, we should probably talk about yeah. it. Okay. So, okay, so what we're going to do is, today we're going to take mm-hmm. questions from the Beer Curious early, because the mm-hmm. question that we have kind of informs some of the things that yeah. we're going to be talking about. Yeah. Okay, we are going to acknowledge and recognize that it is Black History Month. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is an article about four black craft breweries in California that have collaborated on a really cool project and have some beers that I really want, Mm. even though I cannot get them because they aren't shipping them, Yeah, you know, which is whatever, you know, but I should get those beers. I'm very very jealous of people getting those beers. Uh, We're going to talk about California Craft Beer Week. We are going to talk about the good Lord Bird today. We're really excited about that. We lied last time. Yeah. What we're going to do today, and we are also going to talk about the issue of the rise in crimes against Asian Americans that... I'm sorry for laughing. It's just so serious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we're going in. You know, we're going we're gonna to get drunk and talk issues, which seems like the... The peak of responsibility. I know. Um, so, that said, let's do the El Segundo challenge. I asked, actually want to add one more thing. What else? Uh, to this already packed uh, episode is that we are celebrating our one year anniversary of Drink Local. Hey, all right. Perfect time, t- perfect time for episode 24. <laughs> exactly. Yep. You know, uh, we've been doing this for a, roughly a year. We started in February last year. And, you know, a lot changed since when we started because this was, I mean, although... This the, was going to be a different thing. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. It wasn't going to be a podcast. Right. A podcast was going to supplement we were going to do. Right. And although, you know, by February, the pandemic was happening in, you know, in China and Asia was reaching, but it hadn't really like hit us here, you know? So, but, you know, we, we've managed to, as, as, you know, even though it's not like we've been doing this like on a weekly basis or whatever, we're, you know, we've been keeping it up and, you know, we're proud of, having been able to keep this going and thank you to everybody who's been listening thank you guys or who just listened for the first time today you know like thank you like anybody who listened to even a little bit of it yeah, um, i mean it's intense we gotta drink three beers <laughs> at least you know we gotta drink at least three beers you know we've done shows what, what a choice we've had six you know? <laughs> right. yeah we did so, we've so. gone crazy yeah 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 you know so you know we it's it's we've had fun doing it and you know it's it's great. So I'm just happy that you know th- this year has hasn't been uh, productive, too productive. But at, at the very least, we're able to do this. So you know, we're really we managed thankful. to avoid COVID. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> so you know, we're happy that we can still be doing this uh, with us and with you guys. Yeah. Thank you once again. Yep. You know, thank you guys. You know, it's been really fun mm-hmm. it's given us a sense of purpose which is something that we desperately need for sure in these times so the yeah. el segundo challenge are these beers uh-huh. the same beer visually not one bit no 
Absolutely not. Okay, so we can verify that. Like you said, okay. Well, the, the, the office with the view and uh, on the horizon are They are not similar. the same color. The, actually, the office with the view is a little bit more clear and light, I would say. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. The... Oh, no, 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 no. The On the horizon. Office with the view is like a little bit more orange yeah, a little and a orange. little bit more cloudy. And like I said, the LA showdown is red. And I did notice that on the can, sorry, on each of the can, it kind of has like a little uh, um, paragraph. Cool. Yeah, about kind of their concept of each of the, the you know. Okay. So I am going to go in order from okay. the lightest can, can. <laughs> to yeah, yeah, yeah. the darkest can. Yeah. And I'm going to find out how different these beers are. Okay. So the first Please. one I am doing mm -hmm. is the office with a view. Mm -hmm. Okay. And while I'm, I'm sipping that, why don't you go ahead and read that paragraph? Oh, okay. Much can be said about the environment in which you spend time dealing with the daily grind we call a workday. The most coveted of work environments are the ones with an office window. Office window. But when the view from your office is mere feet from the warm sand and cool ocean of the West Coast, the daily grind involves much more than pushing pencils and shuffling papers. The view is miraculous, but it's not for enjoyment, as you are the protector of those you watch over from your tower. The image of the lifeguard tower, that's what it's called, lifeguard tower, uh, is synonymous with the West Coast, just as is the IPA. And as you sit back and bask in the sunshine of this laurel-soaked beer, raise the can and say cheers to those that make sure a day at the beach is nothing more than fun in the sun. Nice. Okay, so the office is the, the lifeguard tower. I see. <clears throat> okay. So, mm -hmm. for me, the office with a view, mm -hmm. um, it is piney, but... Full body, mm -hmm. it is, you know, the uh, the the cloudiness mm -hmm. kind of lends to that experience of having a a single consistent flavor mm -hmm. throughout. Yeah, which, like I said, you know, it's it, 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 it's it's full body. Mm -hmm. um, and if I were to compare it to most West Coast IPAs, like it's not the dankest, right? But I would say that it is very, like, it, it's very balanced. It's, like, it's actually pretty crushable. Yeah, yeah. It's not, like, super bitter. It's It actually kind of has a sweetness to it, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, and it's at 6.6, .6, probably the more, you know, the lowest of the ones we have here. It is... It is uh, pretty crushable, which makes sense with, like the beach mm -hmm. kind of theme. I don't know if they're claiming that these are West Coast IPAs per se, but I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's what they do, I right. feel like. Right, you know? <laughs> That's um, kind of their basis of the... Uh, yeah, yeah. And of course, needless to say, it's fantastic. <clears throat> mm -hmm. It's really good. Like, I mean, El Segundo doesn't, like, they don't play around, you know, mm -hmm. with, with their IPAs. Yes, and for people who are not familiar with uh, the uh, geography of Southern California, El Segundo is it's like on the coast. It's on yeah. the a beach. So they could, and we've been to the brewery uh, years ago, but it's 
I mean, the beach is right there. So it's kind of near the airport, LAX, and it's by the beach. Okay, so number two. Number two. All right, go for it. All right. On the horizon. Waking up before the rooster, rooster crows. Oh, so this is morning, I guess. Mm. Not sunset. Waking up before the rooster crows isn't the easiest of tasks, but it doesn't come without its rewards. For on the horizon to the east sits a blazing ball of fire just itching to light up the sky, scaring away the night's moon and wishing a very welcome good morning to you. Though this exchange of pleasantries isn't one experienced by many, one that is all too familiar with this day's ritual is the brewer. Sure, working at a brewery has its perks, but only few are in charge of creating the liquid gold we call the West Coast IPA. And in honor of these foremen of the fermenters, this ode to the first brew finds Denali hops waiting to give you the punch to the face you need to get the day, day started. Hey, I told you waking up early wasn't easy. All right. Is this a breakfast beer? <laughs> I mean, shit. <laughs> Good morning. Have some, uh, have an IPA. Love it. Love it. Love it. You know, I've had days like that during the pandemic. Uh -huh. This one is much closer to the dank mm -hmm. profile that you kind of expect from a West Coast IPA. Mm -hmm. It's really good. It's I found it to be less crush crushable. It's uh, got much more of a complex flavor profile, I think, that like it takes you places. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, like you, you start with kind of that hoppiness, mm -hmm. but then it finishes with a nice bitterness yeah, yeah, there's definitely more of a bitterness note. You get the kind of yeah. like grapefruit right. bitterness. Uh, it does have like a layer of the kind of sweetness that this other one had, but it's definitely more of like a... Right, it's it's a know. slower process than mm -hmm. the first one, for sure. Which I guess makes sense. You know, you wake up and... yeah. Open yeah. this IPA, you don't want to chug it, you know, you just a punch to the face. You want to just take that punch to the face a little slow. And needless to say, <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> All right. All right. Okay, the Number LA three. Showdown. Each evening, the West Coast bears witness to one of Earth's greatest showdowns, the sunset against the darkness. And while the sun will always graciously bow to its opponent, it does so by putting on a performance for the ages. But true to form, this battle can only be enjoyed when it's unobstructed by the sky's haze. None more spectacular than its blistering red display on a cool, win cool, clear winter's night. Much like an IPA, this guaranteed West Coast spectacle is one that is sure to please. Especially when it's paired with Vic's secret hops that burst through like the sun's heated flare as its last flickering rays shine. Until tomorrow, darkness. Okay, so I'm grinning right now. Okay. Because I want you to taste it before I start talking about it. Mm -hmm. This is my favorite one. Yeah. This one is the best one, in my opinion. Uh, it's okay, so the, the color is more amber. Mm -hmm. Now, um, they do have a more amber IPA that is part of, I believe, their core series, the Mayberry. Mm -hmm. um, but it is even darker than that. And the maltiness, yeah, it's like a just iced tea color bursts out, mm -hmm. and it just really, really is just kicks you in the teeth. Mm -hmm. It is like 
this beer is the kind of beer that you want to see brewed year-round, in my opinion. Like, it is just a really, really good IPA. You know, um, it is so far from the other two. Right, this is the most different, for sure. Yeah, and man, like, I am... It's bitter, too, I would say. I am really impressed. I mean, it's just... I don't know if it's just... The, it's so full-flavored. Like, yeah. every flavor mm -hmm. in it is... Like, so overstated. Like, it's crazy. Like, Yeah, I guess part of the bitterness of this one is, like, you, the toastiness, too. Yeah, that, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Exa yeah. It definitely has, like, that toasty. It is... It's wonderful. All of these beers are top-notch, as expected. Mm -hmm. I hadn't had a bad beer in this series at all. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, I was, I was like... These can't be <laughs> like like how many good IPAs can one brewery make? You know, like yeah. So this one, uh, the hops they're using is Vic Secret, Centennial, Amarillo. They're going with the classics. Mm -hmm. They're going with the i. They're going with like this is like big three levels. Yeah. The, here. Yeah, Office with a View also has Centennial. You always want to go Centennial if you want like some nice, hoppy aroma. On the horizon actually has Denali and Equinot Cryo. Equinot Cryo. I'm not <laughs> familiar with that. You know, um, like I've been the kind of guy where like one of my favorite hops mm -hmm. is like Simcoe. Mm -hmm. You know, um, but... Definitely, like, this, the Centennial is up there in the hops that I really enjoy. And, it's man. It's a very uh, classic uh, hop. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I am just, I, I'm simply very impressed. You know, um, all of these beers mm -hmm. are not only different, mm -hmm. but they are so different. Mm -hmm. from one another and mm -hmm. this is just three right in this series right you know There's like three more yeah, yeah like they they didn't cut corners they didn't skimp mm -mm. all they did was brew a bunch of good beers like it's like they're putting on a class to show you how to brew some west coast flavor yeah and i and i really they really not that they don't with their other beers, but I just really feel like they put their love into the series, uh, not only to the beers, but just to love of, like, L.A., basically. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, mm -hmm. absolutely. Uh, if you can find El Segundo beers, mm -hmm. I definitely recommend giving them a try. I think the most popular one is the Broken Skull, and it's a good beer. The, and the reason why I'm even talking about it right now is because I'm the kind of person who I don't like bells and whistles. Uh -huh. And the Broken Skull beer is a collaboration that they did with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Right. You know, and honestly, I'm like, what the hell does Stone Cold Steve Austin know about craft beer? Because like, doesn't he crush beers? He crushes like 
Budweiser's. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, like, after he does a Stone Coast, like, this is, like, like this is the most badass pop-off <laughs> in the history of time. Like, that's, you know why? He's not crushing these good beers. Because he's going to drink that. No, well, he knows this shit, obviously, <laughs> because he put his name yeah. on a really freaking good beer. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, and so I was surprised. That's why I'm bringing it up, though, you know? Yeah. Because I'm like, dude, like, I am predisposed to being like, fuck this beer. Right. And I like it anyway. Right. You know? So that's why I'm saying, like, you know, you should definitely give it a shot. Yeah, and I think uh, I, I think we tweeted this too a while back, but uh, I guess El Segundo is distributing in Japan now. Yeah. So you know, in Japan, I don't know if you can get these specifically. They definitely have the Broken Skull, and probably some of their more uh, core beers. I don't know how much of this stuff is you know available in Japan, but yeah. Yeah. So it, I mean, it's. Incredible stuff. It's it's all it's, it's all perfect. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I'm really happy with this challenge. Uh, I don't know <laughs> that uh, anything was solved. <laughs> no, no, we did solve. Uh, yes, they are all different beers, guys. Yeah. Well, yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> but like, you know, um, I guess that the solution is they are. Far more different right. than I expected them to be. Right, they are right. completely different. Which, you know, there I mean... nothing to like about these right. beers. Right, and it's only three beers, but the fact that three IPAs from the same brewery can be so varied and versatile says a lot about just beer in general, craft beer in general, and just flavors, you know? There's the endless possibilities, you know? That's why... These breweries keep brewing new beer, and we keep buying them. Absolutely. Now, these IPAs have mm. been so powerful mm. with IPA energy that <laughs> they have my nose running. So you're yeah. going to have to forgive me if I do a little bit of sniffling mm -hmm. here and there. But let's get to questions yes. from the Beer Curious. So this question is from Matt. Thanks. Thank you, as always. Matt, you always hang out with us. You always interact with us, yes. and we really, we really, really appreciate it. it. We yeah, really we, we, we really enjoy it too. So thank yes. you so much. Thank you and, so much. And you know, he sent this question in a while back, and we apologize for getting not getting back sooner. So he's saying Happy New Year. But you know, this is relevant because uh, Lunar New Year was yesterday. So yeah. yes, Happy New Year to you, Matt. Happy Chanuka. <laughs> Well, that was a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> I like the beer pick collage. This is in response to the uh, previous episode. I could immediately tell that Misa is getting her New Year's resolution going. I'm really trying. Thank you, Matt, for noticing. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear Misa tested negative for COVID and still had to be an anxious few days waiting. As a Caucasian American, I would personally rank Sapporo, Asahi, and Kirin the same way and also... They are absolutely a thousand times better than any American domestic. Yep. I feel like Sapporo has a slightly fuller flavor profile than Asahi. I agree. And I'll order Sapporo over the bigger, bigger craft beers, like stuff from Carl Strauss and Lagunitas, any day. King Kong piloting Mechagodzilla is now stuck in my head. Thanks, Will. <laughs> and also, fuck that Jim Beam commercial. I know, <laughs> seriously. After reading the teaser for the episode, I watched the commercial and was offended. <laughs> But also kind of smug that Jim Beam has to compete 
with the craft beer scene. Ha, I know, seriously. <laughs> are you participating, so here's the question, are you participating in any of the California Craft Beer Week activities this year? And how did Will's El Segundo tasting go, or is that still in progress? And the answer is right here for you. <laughs> the second part of the question. And also, Matt did the El Segundo challenge uh, way before we did. He did, yes. Yeah, yeah. So he did. Uh, he did the Office with the View on the Horizon, and then the Seco IPA. Oh yeah. So, yeah, like you know, we'd love to hear what you thought about. Yeah, yeah, all yeah, those. yeah. Please let us know, like yeah. what. what and thank you for if, participating if you recall, in the challenge. If you recall, you know, I mean, that's, 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 <laughs> were that's, they different? Yeah, it's three, three, <laughs> three different beers. Three good beers. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So, California Craft Beer Week. Yeah. So I was like, "What?" And um, <laughs> when I read that, I was like, "Huh?" And I looked it up, and I guess it was originally the, um, uh, like the San. I don't know if it's the San Francisco. Craft Beer Week, I think, originally, but then they kind of expanded it to California Craft Beer Week just because, I'm assuming, because of the pandemic and whatnot. Um, the LA Beer Week is usually, like, later on, like, July or on, and so I don't really know if they're... I, I probably... I'm assuming LA Beer Week will still happen, you know, later this year, and that's why I wasn't really, like, prepared for there being a California Craft Beer Week. But I did uh, look it up, uh, and they have their website. And they have, like, little events here and there um, because breweries are allowed to open now. And I know a lot of places are opening up, like, outside patio dining and stuff like that. So they have, like, tastings and whatnot. And uh, unfortunately, it was too late for me to kind of buy into some of the uh, the packs. I think uh, the Good Hop in um, Oakland, right? The Good Hop. That's it's like a beer shop. Beers around? Yeah. So they had That's these. Sick, bro. Oh no no! L.A. Brewers Guild had a bunch of like combo packs that they were shipping, but unfortunately, when I looked, they were all sold out. That's um, that, that's good. <laughs> I know. It's you know, good. it's good for the it's good for the community. If these right, that they're out. sold out. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I did see something where uh, original pattern they had a, I I think it's this one, the take home flight box. Original pattern is a brewery in Oakland that we went to. Beautiful. Um. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when we went. It had just opened maybe, it was like less than a year since they opened. And they especially had a lot of like uh, like sours and fermented beers and stuff like that. I think it's kind of more their specialty, but they do all kinds of stuff. It's a beautiful brewery. Um, and there's other breweries around that area too. And so I got excited and ordered it because they... Uh, were shipping but then uh they i realized that they're only shipping to the bay area and so i was able to put my order in but i saw that they canceled it because (laughs) we're out of their uh, shipping range you know which is unfortunate you know um because yeah yeah you know a lot like some places like temescal brewing they ship within california right even though they're in oakland but 
a lot of these places still only is like doing pickup or deliveries in the area or just doing shipping, but only in their area. Which it, it, is it's really know, unfortunate because yeah. I, I forgot who Temescal uh -huh. uses for shipping. Uh, Rose's Tap Room also uses the same yeah. uh, people, and they ship like almost next day. Yeah, it was really quick. And yeah. it's refrigerated. Yeah. And it seems like whoever they're using, everyone in the craft beer community uh -huh. should be using them. Yeah. Like, this, because it, it, it was a fantastic service, and I was yeah. very happy with it. Yeah, no, I know? looked it up when uh, they we, we got the uh, delivery the first time, I think, and they put it in, like, a cooler little bag. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that I when I looked it up that delivery service isn't specific to beer or anything it's just to, right yeah I'm it's sure. kind of like UPS or whatever but like an alternative thing but, but it gets the job done it really did you, you know? know so I I mean you know I'm sure there's other logistic reasons that they're not doing this you know it could cost it might not be worth it for some of these breweries you know so I get it um but yeah you know it's it's too bad that we you know we couldn't get the original pattern because I was like really excited um, and original pattern also, they have like a partnership with like some dim sum, uh, restaurant, not a restaurant. They do like little pop-ups or whatever. They've been having this. So they did, they have like, uh, one of their offerings was like a dim sum pairing with beers. So definitely if I was in the area, I would definitely be interested in that. But so you know. when we participated in fresh Fest, Digifest, uh -huh. they had a lot of online events yeah, 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 that yeah. were going on uh -huh, uh -huh. in order to uh, drive interactivity. Right, and like just a live people feel, stream. Mm -hmm. You know, like we had a sense of community yeah. during this, yeah. these trying times. Yeah. Is there something like that going on um, with California Craft Beer Week? I think it just is kind of up to each brewery. I there see. isn't really, I from what I have seen, there isn't really a, you know, an organized thing by whoever, you know, the Brewers Guild or whoever it is doing um, anything like that. But I think some breweries are doing events. Oh, you know, one, one thing I did see was, uh, what was it, Almanac, I think? Almanac. Almanac. I know, every time, <laughs> every time I see Almanac, now I'm like, Almanac. Um, you have to listen to one of our past episodes. Yeah. If you want to be in on the inside jokes, you got to listen, listen to the other 23 podcasts. Yeah, and I don't even remember which one, so you're going to have to listen to all of them yep. to figure out. You got to catch up. Yeah. Keep up. Um, so they have like a, a can art competition. So nice. that's kind of cool. That sounds bomb. Yeah, yeah. So it's, you know, the deadline is the 21st of February, and they have a template that you can download, and it's for their upcoming... Uh, IPA called the Nature Gazer IPA. I think um, we must do that. I know. So I'm kind of like tempted to give it a try just to, you know, just to have something to do. The uh, If you win, you get a $500 grand prize and a chance to have your art featured on an Almanac beer. That would be amazing. I mean, Almanac so, has such a distinct art style for their beers, mm -hmm. you know, that, I mean... 
this is the first time doing something like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know, like, you know, because I feel like, you know, as an artist, you want to deviate. You want to do your own thing. Oh, yeah, no, no, you no. Know? I think they want you to. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that's yeah, really so cool, like, you yeah. know. So, I mean, there's a lot going on here. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. A lot of the stuff that's kind of, like, event-based, you know, aside from, like, uh, um releases of new beer or whatever yeah. is you know a lot of valentine stuff because it's that's coming up um but a lot of a tastings yeah. you know because they're able to open so now they you know they have like pairings and stuff like that which bacon and beer pairing <sighs> look at that <laughs> cousins main lobster main lo mm. see uh. all these tasty things you know i mean a lot of these places are opening and as much as we want to kind of support we haven't really made any plans to go to any of these places yeah you know it's been hard for us because we we definitely veer towards the more cautious paranoid side yeah, yeah of you know the whole covid situation right, right so we just haven't been going out and you know obviously we are SJW leftists at Drink Local. So we kind of stopped using a lot of, you know, food delivery uh -huh. services and things of that nature because right. we just don't uh, support the way that they treat their... Uh, Non-employees. Right. You know, um, we just don't... Yeah, so it is what it is. Yeah. Um, you know, like, you know, I do want to go because... You know, this is a long, long weekend for me. You know, I'm. I do think about maybe we can go and pick some beer up from some of these places. We'll have to look into it, but you know, I'm not opposed to going to pick them up. For sure, we need you know? to. We need yeah. to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Even if, like the food, I'm down to pick them up. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's go to Oakland. Pick them up. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I do want to introduce mm -hmm. a new semi segment okay to the show mm -hmm. and this may be something that we can you know expand upon in the future mm -hmm. it may be something that we kind of revisit from time to time mm -hmm. but we're gonna call this binge drinking oh right yes okay mm -hmm. and is it a segment I, for, for now. now for now for okay. now we'll okay. see what happens right you know um energy time considered mm -hmm. we'll see how this goes mm -hmm. but what we're gonna do is we're not gonna sit here and binge drink i mean we, we are doing that yeah but <laughs> we are going to talk about media that we have been binging yes while we drink yes yeah yes so the first one yes that i want to talk about is the good lord bird mm -hmm. so i am really excited to talk about this show Okay. And I know you are too. Yes. Would you like to describe what the show is or do you think that I should? Uh, I think you can. So The Good Lord Bird uh -huh. is a Showtime miniseries. I want to say six episodes uh -huh. that is that centers on a portion of the life of abolitionist John Brown. Yes. Now, if you don't know who abolitionist John Brown is... It's seven episodes. Seven episodes, uh -huh. excuse me. 
he's basically Antifa. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, John Brown is my kind of white guy. Like, he's so fucking badass. Like, I am a huge fan. Uh, I, you know, have learned about him through various media. One of my favorite forms of media that uh, touches on him is actually a National Geographic uh, novel. Uh, not, a, not really a novel, but like a, a small, a, a short book uh-huh. called Harriet Tubman, Super Spy. And, oh, that's National Geographic? Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, and in that book, they follow the life of Harriet Tubman mm-hmm. and how she was one of the world's greatest spies. Mm-hmm. And just to talk about that a little bit, you know, I don't think that there's anything more badass than a black spy. Because if you're black... You don't gotta be a spy, but you walk in somewhere and then everybody looking at you. Right. Like, you know, but like, so it's like, you know, I don't give a shit about James Bond because like, I watched James Bond, I watched uh, Casino Royale and I'll never forget in Casino Royale, there was a scene where James Bond was in Africa uh-huh. and there was a crowd of Africans yeah. and his white ass was blending in. <laughs> and I was like, this could never happen the other way around. Right. You know? Right. So like, you know, I, like his job was easy compared to Harriet Tubman's. <laughs> but as a spy. Right. But John Brown was a uh somewhat of a religious fanatic. Yes. And he believed that no man could be free unless all men are free. Uh-huh. So he believed this to the extent that he carried this out in order to try to accelerate the Civil War and create the war for the liberation yeah. of enslaved people right. in America. Right. So he was doing this pre... Right. Yeah. And so this... Uh, show the good lord bird is a uh somewhat fictionalized mm-hmm. story starring ethan hawk mm-hmm. ethan fucking hawk who is absolutely one of america's greatest actors he chews up everything that he's in you know like ethan hawk was acting next to denzel washington in training day like right you know like ethan hawk is a fucking badass you know I mean, he definitely chewed it up in this uh, yes. show, yes. but I feel like he, you know, the way he exhibits his presence isn't necessarily uh, overt, you know, um, in his past uh, works that he's done, but yo, I mean, I feel like yo always notice it, you know what I mean? Like, he's not necessarily over the top all the time you know what i mean i mean he was definitely over the top in this one i think because john brown is fucking over the fucking top so i mean it was fucking incredible yeah um i forgot what the exact tagline for the show was yeah but it was essentially um something it was like this is 
a true story, most of it happened. Yeah, right. Or something like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the protagonist of this show is this young black boy uh, who goes by, for the purpose of the show, Onion. Onion. <laughs> and when he first meets John Brown, uh, John Brown is in a saloon. There is a black man there who is cutting hair. It is Onion's father. People are looking for John Brown for all of the ruckus that he's been causing, upsetting the harmony. And a gunfight takes place. Uh, Onion's father is killed. John Brown adopts slash kidnaps Onion. Yeah. And mistakes him for a girl. Yeah. Now, Onion, as a black person in these times, has learned one very specific survival skill. You gotta lie. Mm-hmm. You gotta lie. Just go along with it. You gotta lie. Yeah. yeah. So, and one thing that Onion said was, one thing that I learned from about the white man is that once he has made up his mind about something, uh-huh. you cannot convince him otherwise. <laughs> so, John Brown says Onion's a girl. Onion's a girl now. Right. So, throughout the show, mm. Onion is wearing this dress. Right. You know? And th- this dress serves as this incredible, real, recognized, real uh-huh. uh, uh-huh. um, st- storytelling device. Yeah, yeah. You know, because what you see is that for the white people who don't even recognize black people as human, they see Onion in a dress. Right. Onion's beautiful, effeminate face. Mm-hmm. And Onion's a girl to them. Right. Is wearing a dress, it must be a girl. Every black person that sees Onion knows is like, what is up with this? Why are you cross-dressing? Boy in a dress. <laughs> yeah. Except for the black people who are lost in the sauce. Yes. Yes. There are some black people who don't who, who can't see it. Yeah. And that's very interesting. Right. You right. know, it's a like it's there is so much social commentary and yeah. critique. And they never like mention it. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. They never and, point this out. Right. And, you know, throughout this series, we see many uprisings, yeah. many attempts and failures at revolutions, um, all, all of these battles and all of these incredible monologues and speeches uh-huh. by Ethan Hawke and Onion. Right. Who just, this kid, this kid. Joshua Caleb Johnson? Thank you. Thank you. He is... He's gotta be one of the greatest up-and-coming actors Mm -hmm. that I have seen in the past couple of years. Mm -hmm. Like, there are a few actors that really leave an impression on me. You know, um, like, uh, you know, Lakeith Stanfield Mm -hmm. is one of them. Uh... I can name others, but I'm not going to. But uh, this kid is a star. 
This kid absolutely stands up with Ethan Hawke in every scene and is never overwhelmed, even though Ethan right. Hawke is absolutely <laughs> going, going in. He's going in. He's yeah. going in. Yeah. Like, no, as he, a he stands his own. Yeah. Like. You know, like, if you like performance, mm-hmm. if you like interesting storytelling, if you like things that are outside of the box, if you, um, there are very few... Uh, narratives that take place within the times of slavery mm-hmm. that aren't simply what I would classify as black trauma porn. Mm-hmm. You know, um, this is something else. It's funny. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. well it's, written. It's, it's it has some actually of the like of good humorous. Actors, speaking of good actors, no. David Diggs <laughs> is in it. David Diggs, yeah. uh, he was in Hamilton. Right. Uh, he was in. Um, uh, What's it called? God damn it! Um, blind spotting. Blind. He was which in, was incredible. Yeah, he was in blind he, spotting. He, which is a movie about that he made, right? Gentrified Oakland. Oakland. Yeah. Fantastic film. Um, and he's also and he's movie. also in uh, Snowpiercer. Right. Uh, now, right? It's like yeah, the, the series. Yeah, the series. Uh, and he plays this interpretation of Frederick Douglass, who, who is, it's something that I that never occurred to me as someone who's read one of Frederick Douglass's, what I now know are three autobiographies. <laughs> yes. Um, which is... He was like, I'm not done. Yeah, Wait, there was more. Which is a man <laughs> who is very full of himself. Yeah. Uh, as... It's a lot. Yeah, um, as this, you know... Um, Self-important, Yeah, I as guess. this, you know, escaped slave who has overcome this right. situation and right. become this heroic figure uh, within the abolitionist movement. Yeah. You know, um, he almost, like, um, it's kind of like, you know, you, you see this with, uh, you know, because abolitionism continues to this day mm-hmm. uh, in different forms, you know, with the Black Lives Matter movement uh-huh. and many other social movements, uh-huh. you know, where race and class intersect. Uh-huh. Uh, um, and there are figures within this movement that have become more celebrity mm-hmm. than uh, a vehicle for social change. Uh-huh. You know, um, and it was such an interesting critique on this type of thing, you know? Right, right. Like, I mean, honestly, I don't know much about Frederick Douglass. Mm -hmm. You know, um, his interpretation was hilarious. Yeah. And the uh, contrast between him and Harriet Tubman who's also in the uh, show, oh, God, is, so good. is also very, you know, the contrast is very, like, clear. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. Yeah. So, they did their damn thing yeah. with this show. And there yeah, are so incredible. many interactions mm-hmm. that take place between whether it's, you know, Anya interacting with John Brown's sons uh-huh. who are abolitionists of varying degrees. Right. They are mostly his sons. They are right. bound 
to a loyalty <laughs> right. to their insane father. Right. Which, I mean, I you know, I feel like you don't have to be loyal to them. So, you know, props to them for, like, right. choosing to right. stick with it. Because they could be like, yo, you're too crazy. Because Which they do say. Because John Brown, one of his quirks that was funny to me. Um, well, I mean, it's played up really humorously. Is that once he starts praying, he just goes on. So they're like... You know, let's say grace before this meal or whatever. And then he, like, if you let him start, he'll just keep going and going and going where they're like, oh, my God. Like, please, like, can we fucking eat, you know? So it, it's just it's just funny, like, how his sons are, like, for the cause, but also just like, oh, my God. You know, they're just mm -hmm. like, whew, does it have to be like this every time? Right. You know? Right. They're kind of fed up. Right. It's a it, tough life. You know, like... <laughs> Onion's interactions with other black people, yeah. you know, like black people are not depicted in this show in a monolithic fashion, right. even though they are all bound by the same racial struggle, right. you know, there are some yeah, people who yeah. are simply out for themselves, right. there are some mm -hmm. people who are revolutionaries, mm -hmm. there are some people who have totally different agendas, right. there are some people who just want to fucking survive this shit, right. man, right, right, you right. know? Um, and they're all there. Right. And they're all well represented. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, no, it's very, very diverse in that yeah, sense. Yeah. Um, I know that there are Emmy nominations yeah. going on with this show. This is the show that I would recommend of the entire television season from last year. It is absolutely the number one show I recommend. It is... Yeah, I think the only Fantastic. Emmy nomination from the show is Ethan Hawke. Oh, really? So yeah. there was nothing for the young man? No, he's been nominated for other mm. uh, awards, mm. but I don't think for the Emmy. Um, but yeah, like, what was kind of interesting to me about Onion in this show is how, you know... Uh, Part of the reason he had to go along with the uh, lie that he's a girl was it's kind of like, okay, so his dad is dead, his only family. Like, we don't even know if his, where his mom is. That's not even, like, brought up, you know? So it was just his only family is dead. And so now he's like, you know, he could leave. You know, he doesn't necessarily have to travel with John Brown and his crew because John Brown has a crew of, you know, guys, abolitionists, you know. Um, some black people, uh, there's like one Native American guy. Mostly the other ones are like his sons and other white guys. But like Onion doesn't have to go along with it. He can like escape or whatever and be free or whatever. And at one point he kind of does. But I think... Part of him going along with it is his, like, sur survival instinct. Not only because he's black, but because he's a boy. He's young, you know? It's like, what is he going to do? Even if he's free, what's he going to do? You know what I mean? And so it's kind of interesting um, because as you're watching the show, there comes a point where you're like, wait, but what does Onion think about uh, John Brown? Right. Really? You know? And then just as I said that, he goes on this, like, speech mm -hmm. to john brown right about what it is speech. about yeah. yeah am i 
really free. You saying I am, but right. like, what the fuck? You yeah. Know? Like, Do I belong to you? Right. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, no. And he's just like, but really, you know, like right. it's, it's, it, yeah. I yeah. mean, uh, they really, it's, it's very dense. Mm-hmm. They do a lot in a very short amount of time. Uh-huh. And it is extremely entertaining throughout. Like it is it's something, you know, it is something that, uh, you know, you will want to binge. Yeah. Like I said, you know, uh, yeah. and it's all, yeah. And it's as all, dense it is, as it is, it's really entertaining as a yeah. piece of entertainment. Yeah. And, and, you know, it is not a comedy. It is not a tragedy. It is a tragic comedy, really. It is something. Yeah, it's like a dark comedy. Yeah, kind it is of something like... in between uh-huh. where, um, you know, like the subject matter is serious, mm-hmm. you know, but what I like about it is that, you know, like it parallels to the world right now. Mm-hmm. That we live yeah. in, no, really where is. we live in a world where everything is so critical and serious. Mm-hmm. But were we watching this on television, it would be like fucking hilarious, right? You know, but it's not funny at all, right? You know, like it's not like it's not funny what's going on right now in the aftermath of an insurrection, right? You know, but if this was written by some asshole. You wouldn't believe it because you would be like, this is... Jokes. Yeah. Right. You know, and... You'd be like, how? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's really something that I can't recommend them. I hope that people watch this show mm-hmm. if they are listening to our podcast and have not yet watched the show. We mm-hmm. just really think that it is something that is... Uh, you know, very special, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Do you have any closing thoughts on this or do you think that we wrapped it up enough that we can move on? Yeah, to the next I think so. I think so. Topic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well then let's do that. So I suppose that the next topic mm-hmm. is of course, everybody's favorite segment. What made you want to drink? Oh, Damn. <laughs> You're like, what made me want to drink? I mean, you know, honestly, a lot of things make me want to drink on a daily basis. <laughs> but, you know, let me uh, take it back to my favorite topic, basketball. Oh! Uh, what made me want to drink in the past few uh, games, I guess, was how the Lakers could not stop doing these overtime games. And they kept going to overtime three games in a row. One of them was a double overtime. Uh, finally, this uh, last game we had last night, they, w- they managed to win in, the regu- in regulation. But they kept going overtime. And I was just like, God damn. And, they had, and this was after they went on their East Coast road trip. Uh, no overtimes there, but then when they came back, they had these overtimes. They, they're just tired. You know what I mean? I think a third of the season is done. Um, but you know, I think there is kind of at the point where they're a little bit tired. So I get it. 
but these overtimes had me wanting to drink. You know, I'm not gonna go into any more detail about it, but that's what it is. I mean, I'm just hoping that you know, for their sake, they can stop doing this. You were drinking throughout the entire other four quarters. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, and then there's overtime, and I'm like, do I need to open another beer? Like, I fucking, you know, like, I, I rationed it out for regulation, and then now you're going to go overtime on me. I'm out of beer. You know what I mean? So well, that's what I'm saying. You know, I, I've definitely been enjoying basketball this season, uh-huh. but this has been one of the most dramatic seasons of basketball that I've seen in a while because there's I mean, always something. You know, you know obviously last we have... Last season was fucking dramatic as fuck. Right, but we have... The, the COVID is still overshadowing the season. I mean, last season yeah. was, you know, the season with Black Lives Matter and the bubble. Right. You know, but there was a zero infection rate in the bubble. In the bubble, yeah. Yeah. Um, this season is... Uh, you know, a microcosm of America, which yeah. is just uh, grin and bear it and go get this fucking cash. Yeah, you know? yeah, you um, know. And it's, it, been, yeah. it's been brutal to to watch mm-hmm. for a lot of people because people are getting sick. Uh, people who have lost loved ones are getting sick. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people have strong opinions on it. And... We've seen, you know, absolutely nutty things going on. Like, you know, we've seen, you know, uh, one basketball player, Carl Anthony Towns. Mm-hmm. He's lost seven family members. Including his mom. Including his mother yeah. to COVID. And, and then he contracted COVID. Yeah. And he just he's came back. sitting here witnessing, yeah. you know, the, the, the league being irresponsible and insensitive. Yeah. And he's been, he's a, he's, he's a sensitive guy himself. He's very thoughtful. Yeah. So he's been expressing himself about it, and it's been absolutely heartbreaking and brutal to watch. Right. Uh, it, it, like, it, it hurts me to see what we're doing in pursuit of the almighty dollar, you know? Yeah, you know, I mean, the, the difficult part, though, for me is that, yes, it's about the money, for the league, but it's also what that equals is money for these players. You know what I mean? Because they're, you know, me, like a lot of fans and also the players had assumed that the All-Star game wasn't going to happen this year. Right. Okay. Which usually happens around right around now, but the season started later than usual. Like it started in December as opposed to October. And so uh, they recently were like, uh, we think we're going to do the All-Star game in March. And everybody was like, wait, what? You know, it was like, er, moment, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, LeBron James, among other uh, players, have expressed, you know, that they have no interest in doing it, even though, like, they will if they're going to do it. But they're just kind of like, what the fuck are we doing here? But um, I think Damian Lillard had uh, what he said I felt was, like, very... Um, spot on because he was like you know like yes like we probably shouldn't be doing this you know but also it's kind of like it is about the money and what I kind of gathered from all of it was that because the players union also supposedly uh, apparently like voted to be like yes let's have it 
And when you really think about it, the majority of the NBA players are not all-stars, right? It's a very like few select handful of players who are all-stars, you know? So it's kind of like for them, the people who are not all-stars, it's like, yes, have the all-stars so the money can be made so that we could get paid. But it's like for them, it's kind of like they don't have to be out there exposing themselves. You know what I mean? So they're like, I can understand them voting for the interest of their paychecks and their shit getting paid, you know, where it's kind of like they're almost like sending these the best of the best out as like to the front lines, you know, to do this all star for the sake of the rest of them, you know, right. which is kind of like a sacrificial kind of a thing, you know, and it, it's tough because, yes, it's money for the sponsors and the, the, the TV people, you know, people and all this, but what that means is that money is the money that goes into the players' pockets. It's all connected. Right. You know, so it's so hard for um, me to say because I'm not making any money out of any of this, you know what I mean? So it's just kind of like I'm not the one getting money. I'm not the one uh, being put in danger of it, you know? So it's kind of like it's hard for me to really – I think they obviously shouldn't have it. You know, but it's hard for me to, you know, have a any sort of strong thing either way for well, the, you know. It's, certainly it's not in places that are havens of mismanagement and irresponsibility. I yeah. mean, you know, we come from a place like that, which is Los Angeles. Right. And, you know, um, the pandemic has been mismanaged here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, they want to do it in Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta. The pandemic has been mismanaged there. Yeah. You know, um, we saw in, uh, an event already where, yeah. you know, they have people sitting courtside. Courtside, yeah. Which, and like, they should not. People are pulling their courtside. masks down and yeah. screaming at players, yeah. having very high profile uh, things going on, you know? Yeah. So, for sure. If they're going to have people, audiences, they can't. Like, I'm like, I thought we weren't doing courtside. There was a baseball player. Uh-huh. I think it was a baseball player. Uh, during the last season uh -huh. who said one of the most poignant things mm -hmm. that uh, I have heard which is he said that sports mm -hmm. is the reward mm -hmm. for a functioning society that's true and I thought that that was such a thoughtful statement and we have just not demonstrated that we are prepared to do the right thing in fact you know since we are part of the cult of individualism mm -hmm. we are just prepared to let people suffer preventable deaths you know and we have allowed this to happen to the extent of you know the uh, greatest mass casualty event mm -hmm. in the history of the country yeah, no, I mean, as much as I agree with the sentiment of the sport as a reward to a functioning society, I also, like, would like to point out that sports have always been used as propaganda. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, yes, that's what it should be, but also, like, look at the history. You wow. know what I mean? Wow. Well said. So I'm not surprised not to, you know, like, but, I mean... There, uh, in terms of the NBA, there was definitely a, a spike in uh, COVID, um, you know, 
positive results within the league uh, after the holidays, predictably, really. You know, I think, uh, like I mentioned in the previous podcast, uh, even within the, the small company that I work for, there was at least two people who tested positive. Luckily, they were both fine, you know, but, um, it, it, you know, and then since then, it's kind of gone down. I think there was like zero and then there was like one or something very minor but you know it's it's you know I, I saw something recently on Twitter where somebody was like when like what day do you do you guys have as like basically the anniversary of the pandemic hitting the US you know and a lot of people said mentioned I, I think it's February 11th I guess is when the NBA had the game and they were like whoa 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 we gotta fucking pull it back and they just canceled the games and then since then all of pro sports just shut down you know and then the I think that was on either Friday or Saturday or something and I remember that weekend happening like oh shit and then on Monday that's when we were all working from home you know, so it's been a full year, which is fucking crazy. No, wait, March. Sorry, March. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Almost a full year. What, what made, made you want to drink? Well, what made me want to drink yes. was reading about these four black-owned breweries mm-hmm. that have come together to pay tribute to civil rights icons. Mm-hmm. So I oh, am going to okay. try to speed through yeah. this article on SF Gates. Okay. So that we can kind of discuss this mm-hmm. because these are beers that I desperately want to get. Mm-hmm. There's no chance of me getting them whatsoever. <laughs> okay. Um, but I am glad that they exist. You know, I once again, you know, I wish that more breweries, you know, they probably just don't have the uh, resources right. to move into the uh shipping, shipping uh, yeah uh generation yeah as it were yeah but this is the article from SFgate by Susana Guerrero it's not just a beer can bay area black owned breweries pay tribute to civil rights icons oh, okay so bay area uh-huh so i'm looking at these cans uh-huh. and one of the cans has oh nice james baldwin on uh-huh. it you know, and there are other civil rights icons which we are going to get into in the article. Mm-hmm. So, and there there are interesting characters in this because there's even a basketball uh, connection here because oh. Kevin Johnson, uh, oh. the former I want to say mayor yeah. of Sacramento, uh-huh. yeah, uh, and also you know embattled strange guy right. with weird problems that I'm not going to really get into. Okay. Um, but beer lover. Beer lover. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I didn't know that. Is involved in this thing, you okay. know. Um, is there a name for this series? Um, I don't know. We're gonna find out in this article. Okay. So Milton Bowens was sound asleep when he was gruffly awoken at 4 a.m. by the buzz of an incoming call. When he answered the phone, the voice of Kevin Johnson, former NBA star and past mayor of Sacramento, was on the line with the request. He was like, "Who was the first black brewer in America?" Which is a oh, great question. By yeah, the way. yeah, yeah. No, I, retu- I think I retweeted this. Uh-huh. And I said, well, I don't know exactly, 
but I know that the beer was called the People's Beer. Yes. Which is a fantastic yes. name for yes. a beer. Yes. No, I had this in stories. Mm, uh, I see. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, wow. So I got this from a friend of mine. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Kevin was like, dude, you got to do a painting on that. And I was like, uh, okay, Bowen chuckled as he recalled the conversation that took place in 2020. The call would lead to the beginning of a collaboration between Johnson and Bowens, who is an artist and co-owner of Gallery 157, to create an art piece that celebrated the people's beer by Ted Mack Sr., who is recognized as one of the first black-owned brewers mm-hmm. in the U.S. Mm-hmm. The Sacramento Bee reports, Last year, Johnson, who co-owned Sacramento's Oak Park Brewing with Gwen Scott and mm-hmm. restaurateur Diana Huey, mm-hmm bought rights to Mac's original recipe and began reproducing the historic brew 50 years after Mac bought Wisconsin-based the People's Brewing Company in 1970. Mac's endeavor was short-lived when the People's Brewing Company closed two years later. Mm-hmm. His son, Ted Mack II, told the Sacramento Bee that he believes that his late father's business didn't succeed because he was blackballed in the brewing industry. Recanning... People's Beer at Oak Park Brewing highlighted the Trailblazer, as did the six-by-seven-foot art piece Bowens created that is displayed inside Oak Park's restaurant. During Black History Month, Oak Park Brewing is paying history to more Trailblazers. The company has collaborated with Black-owned craft beer breweries in Oakland and Fresno Mm. to celebrate prominent American civil rights activists whose images are displayed on four-pack cans of beer, the beers include unique IPAs by Oakland's Hunters Point Brewery and Hella Coastal, along with Fresno's Full Circle Brewing Co., which came together to produce the brews in Sacramento. The four-pack includes a red, black, hazy West Coast IPA. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, a red, black, hazy, and a West Coast IPA. These are all different beers. Mm-hmm. And three of them are made with South African hops, called Southern Passion and African Queen, both known for their fruit-forward flavors. Scott shared that both hops were new to him and that it was fun to tie them into the limited edition beers, which are available at Oak Park Brewing and online. So they are available online. Let me try to find this because I checked the other breweries and they didn't have anything for sale, but perhaps Oak Park has them. So there may be a chance to get these beers yet. And if we do, we will definitely talk about them on the pod. The beers can also be found around Sacramento and the Bay Area. I think it's historic all around, said Rod Little, a black brewer at Oak Park Brewing. You've never had four black-owned breweries collaborate on a beer. Mm-hmm. Images of Fred Allen Hampton, mm-hmm. Fannie Lou Hamer, Ella Josephine Baker, and James Baldwin individually graced the four cans and each activist was personally selected by the breweries. Bowens is behind the artwork, which was part of a larger series called The People's Art Campaign that was showcased at Underground Books, founded by Johnson and located across the street from Oak Park Brewing. Milton ended up doing about 15 paintings, and each brewery got to pick from the group of people so that they could find one that resonated best with their company's mission statement and beliefs. Okay, now what I'm going to do is stop here. Mm -hmm. The rest of the article is available at SFGate. We will link this on our blurb when we upload this podcast. But I just wanted to touch on this 
for people and let them know what kind of cool stuff mm-hmm. is going on. And this is why I always think that bringing diverse perspectives mm-hmm. to various, you know, uh, endeavors and mediums is so important because it always creates creativity, so to speak. Yeah. You know, and there is nothing that we love more at Drink Local than we love people mm-hmm. and we love the blending of art and beer. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why we love can art. You know, we love street art. We love these kinds of things. You know, we love that which is dynamic. We love the ever-changing, which is so well-represented in the craft beer community. Uh, and this is such a wonderful thing to me. This was something that really just, it blew my mind. You know? Um, yeah. Like, so, sorry. No, go ahead. You're fine. So, you know, I looked up Oak Park Brewing. They, their shop, it seems like, is not really working. Uh, currently, they just had the people's beer, but it says test. Like, I don't think they're, you know, have figured out the uh, shipping component of it. But uh, I did, where I read about uh, Mr. Theodore Mack um, of the People's Brewery, the first Ameri- African-American brewery owner, it was on The Good Hop mm. uh, Instagram. The Good Hop, which I'm, I mentioned earlier, is a uh, craft beer uh, shop. The spot, man. Yeah, in Oakland. It's the spot. Uh, we went there. It's fucking dope. Numerous you can, times. You can... Uh, they have beer fridges and you can buy it there. I think they have some taps that you can, um, you know, you can sit down and drink. I don't know what their situation is right now, but you can, you know, get a bunch of these beers. Um, and unfortunately, they're not shipping. But yeah, man, like I really uh, wish we could go back to Oakland to be able to. You know, hit these places up again yeah. because they're really, you know, doing stuff. So obviously, that made me want to drink more than anything else right. because I really want to drink those beers. Yeah, no, and I did see those beers on on Instagram, yeah. and I was like, ah, like I want to get these, but as far as I could see, I I couldn't really figure out a way to get them. I am going to call them and I'm going to press them <laughs> and tell like, them that I am a powerful black podcaster, <laughs> and that if they don't get me these beers, it is going to be bad news for them wow. within the community. Yo, you can't be threatening fools. Uh, no, I mean, I... Well, I would mostly just be lying. <laughs> anyway, uh, the, the only truth in in that whole statement was that I'm black and I have a podcast, but I wouldn't call myself a podcaster <laughs> because I don't do it on a regular enough basis. Ah, uh, you know. But, uh, yeah, so that made me want to drink. Um, we are coming to the end, but I do want to talk about something that is very serious. Okay. You know, um, and it is the situation that we have with the increased uh, racial violence Mm -hmm. against our Asian American brothers Mm -hmm. and sisters Mm -hmm. uh, that has increased by uh, the, according to media, 1900%. Shit. you know, um, well, within what? In like, the past few years, past, you know, okay. since the, uh, or a year maybe, since mm-hmm. the COVID right. 
outbreak right. and right. you know the 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 rhetoric that was right. uh pushed by our former president right. uh China you know, Wuhan China Yeah, virus. you know, yeah. saying things that Words I matter, would not people. repeat here. But um you know <laughs> Sorry, been, I repeated it. No, no, you didn't you didn't even repeat some of the worst stuff. Yeah, you, you know, know, I mean this this is real like real proof that language is a powerful thing and it fucking matters what you say. Um, Especially when you have reach. Yeah. I, you know, um, I want to express my support mm -hmm. uh, and let people know that I am watching, that I am aware of what is going on. I am someone who believes that uh, no one can be free until all are free. John I, Brown. I am someone who believes that... Uh, you know, we, um, that the struggle of minorities uh -huh. is a shared struggle, even though we have our differences and we have our conflicts, uh -huh. we have perspectives that, uh, sometimes, uh, don't necessarily coincide mm -hmm. with one another. I also am someone who believes that the struggle of minorities intersects with the struggle of working class. Uh, I think that the struggle of both of those groups also coincides and intersects with the struggle of women. Uh, I think that these struggles are shared struggles. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not happy with what is going on. I think that we make these things very complex. I think that it's hard when you have all of these different dynamics, you know, intersecting, mm -hmm. because what we're seeing, what, what we've seen in Oakland, uh -huh. for example, um, there's a very highly publicized video of an Asian man. I think he's either 87 or 93. He was old. Uh, and he got pushed down right. by a black man. Mm -hmm. uh, and he died. He died, okay? Um, and this has created a another level mm -hmm. of racial tension mm -hmm. between the black and Asian community and has driven all sorts of rhetoric that has been harmful to both of our causes. Um, which, like I said, in my opinion, is a shared cause. And it's been brutal. So I want to, like, just share a few facts on that. So the gentleman's name, like, sometimes I feel like all this shit is just one big psyop. Right. The motherfucker's name, his last name is Muslim. Like, I could like, I couldn't believe it. Like, like, it's like, you know, <laughs> like, you want to be Muslim? Huh? The guy who the guy, pushed. Yeah, the, guy, the, guy, the guy the guy the guy who pushed. Yeah, his name is Muslim. Um they uh Daniel Day Kim and Daniel Wu, uh two Asian American actors, uh, uh -huh. actually um, put out a bounty on him uh -huh. to uh find information on him. So he's not been arrested? Um no 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 he's 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 been found. Oh okay. they found him, that's how they, they had, know his information on okay. who he is now. Uh -huh. Um, 
But uh, I think that sometimes we tend to view these issues as pathological uh-huh. when they are not. Like, uh, a lot of the rhetoric has been um, that, uh, you know, um, black people don't support Asians mm-hmm. or that black people are against Asian people. Um, I don't think that's necessarily true. Um, I think that in communities such as Chinatown and communities in Oakland, Mm -hmm. um, these are communities that are starved for resources. In communities that are starved for resources, uh, the uh, instances of violence happen Mm -hmm. uh, a lot lot more. And, um, you know, there are, I think that the uh, greatest indicator of who is going to uh, harm you mm-hmm. is proximity. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, um, but uh, with this situation, like I said, it's not pathological. If you read up on this guy, um, what you will find is that he has been arrested over a dozen times for various instances of violence and they can't really like people want to say it's a hate crime but there is no racialized pattern of the violence that he's doing right. he has continued to do violence mm-hmm. against people constantly because this man has a mental health issue that right. is documented right he is someone who's fucking crazy and he's hurting people mm-hmm. but this is not a black versus Asian issue. Mm -hmm. Now, like I said, we make it complicated because Mm -hmm. I have complicated feelings myself Mm -hmm. with regard to the Asian community and their relation to black people in Mm -hmm. instances where they need help because I feel like it is no secret that a significant number of Asian people when they see violence happening against other minorities, mm-hmm. they turn their heads the other way mm-hmm. and say that it's it's not my business. Mm-hmm. Um, but now they're crying out for help mm-hmm. and we need to be there for them. Mm-hmm. But also you can no longer say it's not my business. Right. Because if you aren't saying it's not my business, then you're not asking where are my allies because your allies are already there. Uh-huh. And we need to have a shared sense of community mm-hmm. that so that way we already have the allies. Black people who see this, we know that justice is going to be served and we want justice served Mm -hmm. in instances like this. We don't want this to happen. I don't think that anyone sane wants this to happen. Mm -hmm. But it's very hard if there aren't open channels of communication when things aren't happening. Right. We need to have this conversation. Uh, it's a conver- like it's it's hard. It's hard for me. I'm sweating talking about it mm-hmm. because it's hard for me to articulate this with the nuance that I believe is necessary mm-hmm. without blaming, um, without uh, pointing fingers. 
without assigning a pathology. Um, because we all, you know, we all have the temptation to do that. I mean, how do you explain right. shit like this? You know, it's hard. Right. People, yeah, it's, it's natural to try to find some sort of common thread or right. like a reason. Right. But then we have, you know, things where people are talking about increased policing or we have politicians with agenda blaming things like defund the police uh-huh. for these things happening when police haven't been defunded right. in Oakland. And in places where police have been defunded, uh, instances of violence have not necessarily increased, right. but incidences of help needed right. have increased like because the resources, decreased, the resources have been redirected right. towards help. Me- mental health right. Right. and help. Right. Instead you, of, like, violence countering violence. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and so, like, I think that, you know, resentment starts to be developed on all sides. Like, yeah. you know, um, with Asian people, they are rightfully asking, where are you? Uh-huh. Because, look, man, the mainstream media doesn't care about Asian people. Mm-hmm. Um... And the mainstream media are the people who we, we rely upon to report these new, this news. But they don't report on biased news. They report news with an agenda. Right. Um, the mainstream media doesn't care about black people, you know? But there is a benefit to a dangerous status quo to pit us against each other right. in ways that are unhealthy and detrimental to both of us and only helpful to those who seek to oppress us. Totally. You know, so it's... It's how oppression works. Yes, yeah, it's extremely complicated. On the black side of it, black people, we look at it like so many minorities take the sacrifices that black people have made historically... Mm-hmm. For granted, mm-hmm. and it drives us fucking crazy. Right. Like, I mean, people are like, where are the black people supporting us? How come Black Lives Matter doesn't support uh Asian issues? And it's like, dude, um, literally, like the civil rights movement was led by black people, like we marched. So that no one's busting you upside the head right. for going inside of restaurants. Mm-hmm. You know, we took that, you know, and that was a gift to everyone. Right. You know, right. Um, but. It wasn't limited to just black people. Yeah. It, you know, like, I remember when. Um, <coughs> There was this Oscars So White uh-huh. thing going on. Right. And Chris Rock hosted the Oscars. And Chris Rock did a whole bit about black representation. Uh-huh. Um, one of my favorite actresses, Chun Li. Uh-huh. Ming-Na Wen. Um, Chun Li? Yeah, she was Chun Li in the Street Fighter uh, live action movie. Oh, she was? Yeah. Okay. Um, and, you know, Mulan. So many things. Man of Yeah. You know, um, she took great offense uh-huh. 
to what Chris Rock did and said, why didn't you say anything about Asian people? Right. Um, you know, we also have an issue where we're not being represented in a fair way, which is a valid issue. But it's not a valid criticism coming from Ming-Na Wen because I simply don't have any historical record of Ming-Na Wen speaking up on issues of Asian representation. And so black people... Or black people. But, you know, it's not, it's not for her to speak up for black people, but it definitely is for her to speak up for Asian people. Right. Um, but black people feel like we're not your pack mules. Right. It is not our duty to fight for everyone's rights, you know? Um, we need to step up together and put the pressure on oppressive status quos together, but we should not be infighting. Yeah, that's you know? what that's like playing exactly into the hands of the oppressor. Right. And you know, um the idea that if black people fight for themselves, mm-hmm. black people need to fight for other people plays into the narrative that black people are by default at the bottom rung of society, are meant to be at the bottom, that, that there can be no black advancement right. without advancing other people. Right. And black people's duty is to do that. It's not our duty. But you yeah. know what? If you march, we will join you. Right. We want you to march. Right. If you are Latino, if you are woke, if you are Chicano, uh-huh. we expect you to right we will be there with you but it's a shared responsibility and so much of violence in communities comes from desperation lack of resources uh simply just base desires and needs you know it's not that complicated but we complicate these things Mm -hmm. uh so i mean these are just some of the thoughts that i've had on this issue that i really wanted to bring up i don't have a solution you know but i think that you know a lot of times we say don't talk about this issue Mm -hmm. unless you have a solution I mean, but, if there was a solution, it would have fucking been done by now. Well, but I say you have to talk about issues in order to find right. a solution. Yeah, I no, think it's that it's, su- it's such a gaslight. It's, it's the a, first you know? step. Yeah. No, like, sure. to be like, don't talk about it. You, what is, then, then, then what's the solution? It's like, motherfucker, I don't know. That's why I'm talking about it. Right, right. You know, and it's just like, who am I to, like, have the solution for one thing, okay? Like, right. But I have a vested interest in the well-being of my Asian brothers and sisters. And not because I'm in a relationship with a person who is Asian, Mm -hmm. but because I don't want that shit to be happening to Asian people. Right, right. You know? Most of us don't. Right. And and the, uh, you know, the tragedy of it is that it's happening to not just Asian people, but like elderly 
Right. You know, like the elderly, it seems, are being targeted. Criminals target the vulnerable. I know, and it's such a fucking coward fucking move and uh to go back to what you're talking about with the uh one in oakland and how the guy had a history of just violence all around i recently read about something where happened in pasadena you know which is fucking like really close to us um about an er elderly couple where it was like they elderly couple asian couple went was on a walk in like early morning or whatever and uh the wife got pushed and she eventually died. Um, and and the guy uh, who did it, I think he was like Latino or whatever, but like when I read about it, it was like, again, he had a history of just violence and just, you know, all these things where he was just, it was stacked up. And this one, you know, happened to be on an Asian couple, but like it was kind of based on the history of it, of like, the violence he had done, it was hard to really say that it was a hate crime per right. se, you know? Like, I can understand it being highlight highlighted because of the increase of violence against Asian Americans. And there are hate crimes happening. Totally. Like, not to uh, diminish any of it, you know, and to excuse any of it, you know what I mean? But it's, you know, like, I mean, it really is, like, regardless of what it is, because, I mean, when I read the record of this this particular person, it really did seem like it was an issue of mental health issues more than anything, honestly. Um, but, like, you know, just targeting the vulnerable, you know, regardless of race, just being this old people. It's just like, you know, like, it's fucked up and it's fucking cowardly. But look, it's not just because of Trump. Mm -hmm. And because of what he, or rather, it's not just because of the things he was saying. Right. It is because we are now embarking upon another depression. Mm -hmm. we, we're in it. Mm -hmm. We're in it. Okay. It is because we don't understand as a society that a purpose of society is, that a purpose of collective society is so that we don't have to worry about survival. We are right. now in a state of survival. We ain't got the stimmy, you know, like the average person, you know. You and I, we are lucky enough, we don't need the stimmy. Right. But most people do. Mm -hmm. Okay? So now we are in a situation of we're in a jungle again. Now we are preying on one another. Yeah, you know? no, that's the most dangerous situation you know? when it's... It's a survival situation. Yeah. Okay? That's, that's, this is why it is so important mm -hmm. to try to uplift the impoverished. This is why we should not be creating more poor people, dude. Right. Like, we no, can't fucking do this, man. It's each, good. You know, one for themselves situation. That's like, that's that kind of counteracts the purpose of society, really. Violence is going to increase. Mm -hmm. I live in the burbiest of burbs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the, you know, the, nah, for sure. the, the homeless people are getting closer. Right. When I run in the morning, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes I run, you know, 4.30, 5.30 a.m. There are tons of people. They're sleeping in their cars, yeah. you know? This, we're in a situation 
that is a powder keg, you know, like, and it's, it's going to manifest in ways that appear racialized. Mm -hmm. It's going to manifest in ways that appear, you know, um, trans discriminatory. Mm -hmm. It's going to manifest in ways that are, that look like sexual violence. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's, it's bad. We got to take care of each other. We gotta recognize our shared humanity. We gotta recognize our brotherhood. Yeah. So, if, I, mean, I mean, if anything, it's a class issue, really. It, it, you it, know? it always is. You yeah. know, they all intersect. It, it always yeah. is. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I know that's a very serious note <laughs> to leave this podcast on, but it had to be addressed. You know, and we don't and, have answer, answers for you. You know, and people have to talk about it. So, you know, that's what we're trying to do. This is where we are uh, in, uh, you know, February, two two months into the year, you know. Um, so The I beginning mean, of the Lunar New Year. This is where we're at. We hope that we've handled this responsibly. We did the Eagle Rock Challenge. We're drunk. El Segundo Challenge. That's how drunk you are. See what I mean? It's a completely That's what different I'm talking location. About. It's a totally different place. It just, the it's only totally thing you place. had was the E. I'm down to do the Eagle Rock Challenge. <laughs> Whatever that is. Yeah, sure. Whatever it is. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. You know? you know, I mean, we, you know what? What we did today, Um, we went out and got a bunch more beers to last however many podcasts we for you guys do. <laughs> just for you just for you you know don't mind us we're you know we're willing to sacrifice our livers for the sake of uh, <laughs> this podcast um yeah so you know like look out for uh more different beers and we are trying to branch out from just just drinking a bunch of ipas even though we're still going to be drinking a bunch of ipas on the side you know, and this fucking incredible El Segundo challenge. We really enjoyed it. The cans are beautiful. Absolutely. The love for this fucking West Coast IPA, LA, you know, is, I feel it. I feel the love. It's great. Um, You know, if anybody, uh, you know, heard this and has anything to say about it, we'd love to hear it. Yes. Your feedback, you know. Um, yeah, you know, throw out a question, opinion, whatever you want. It doesn't even have to touch on the beer. You know, yeah, any of the topics that we yeah, talked about, yeah, you, know, you know, if they resonated with you, we'd love to hear from you on that as if, well. If there's some sort of show, movie, whatever that you're like, no, you guys got to binge this, please let us know. And we really uh, intend to keep uh, up with the, uh, was it binge? watch binge drinking binge drinking yeah where we talk about shows Absolutely. shows and movies whatever media so hey where can they find this on ye old internet drinklocal.tv where can they find this on twitter and instagram at drinklocaltv we have our podcasts on many platforms yes, the easiest one hey itunes yes easy as hell Mm -hmm. So check us out there. Yeah. We are so thankful once again if you have yes. spent this last year with us. Yes. We look forward to branching out, doing more things, and hopefully yes. just 
having more fun with you guys, mm-hmm. drinking more beers. Yep. But until then, hey, bottoms up. Bottoms up.